0: Hi friends, I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. We're starting. We're
1: starting. We're back. How are you? I'm really good because I can hear Claudio super riffing on his guitar. (laughs) Damn it.
0: Maybe I should move
1: this soundproofing to the other side today. I think it'll be make people really happy to hear. Yeah. It'll be good. Like our background music. Yeah.
0: He's just jamming, doing a little jam. I'm happy to hear that too, because it means that we're home and we're both here for a hot minute. When
1: does he leave again?
0: I think like early October after Comic-Con, they are doing a small run in the UK or in Europe. So that should be fun. I'm devastated that I cannot go, but also very happy because one of my friends is getting married. So I'm attending her wedding and also officiating her wedding. Oh, well, that's cool that you're officiating. So you're going to be like the the minister. Yes. Yes. I love that. The non-denominational minister. <laughs> So they're they're super, you know, progressive um, couple and short ceremony. Uh, it's at a brewery. It'll be fun.
1: Yeah. Like a universalist Unitarian. Is that what you got to hear? Yeah. I, I,
0: <laughs> I get, like, certified online. And it's state to state. So this is my second wedding. So I'm already officiated in Rhode Island, and now I'm <sighs> New York official.
1: so That's cool. So what else is going on in New York? Today has been crazy.
0: It is our first day of school. And just mixed emotions my son is really excited actually so he ordered a backpack that didn't come in time so he had to use his old backpack but he decorated it with post-its and stickers and pins and then i looked inside and he had not one but two fanny packs shoved inside the backpack and one of the fanny packs was filled with slices of bread so i have no (laughs) idea What his strategy or plan is for third grade, but it seems like he has one. We I, and then since since I walked in the door from dropping him off after sitting in forty five minutes of traffic for for like a mile and a half, by the way, I have since cleaned the whole house. I fixed a lamp, did all the like cutting of the the ivy in the yard and cleaned that up. Bit by like seventeen thousand mosquitoes. You should see my legs right now. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. So I banned. They're horrible here too. Yeah. <sighs>
0: It just makes it intolerable to go outside. It's awful. Yeah. So there was that. And then I listened to – I'm listening to this podcast, The Sunshine Place. Do you know this? Uh Uh-uh. I haven't heard it. It's really interesting. It's produced by, uh, I think, Robert Downey Jr. and his wife's company. Mm -hmm. And it's about the first narcotic rehab that started Mm -hmm. in California Mm -hmm. and how it kind of slowly became a cult. You know, they had to, like, shave their heads and – Wear the overalls and everybody. It was just, it's really interesting. And they have this thing that they do called the game, where everybody, you know, would gather around and just say the most horrible shit they could think of to each other and talk about all of their grievances, real or not, and just, you know, go at it. And then at the end of it, they'd like shake hands and move on with their lives. And so they have all this footage of these children who then, you know, were like born into this culty program and ended up recording. Their versions of the game, and it is hard to listen to. It's fascinating.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't think it was going to go there. I, I know he's um, sober, and so I thought maybe it was some like good <laughs> thing about this first clinic that did good stuff. And then it took a turn to the cult, which things <laughs> end to do. You do see the value in people who, in that moment, really
0: needed it. And there are people who are huge fans and say, This saved my life. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the, this program. Totally blanking on the name of it but it'll come to me but they also recognize that it definitely went off the rails so I'm excited to see how that unfolds
1: oh that's really interesting so many times people who get involved in these cults or organizations at the beginning really did need something I mean obviously they needed some purpose or some help or whatever the program was so I feel like they often start out that way
0: yeah, and it, the general idea of just like humbling yourself, right, and taking your own ego out of the equation, and just being honest and whatever that whatever that means to you, and so sort of like stripping life down to the basics. One of the guys was talking about how it was very much like a boot camp, mm-hmm. and they would have to march and you know have chores and fold their lines, whatever do the do the things mm-hmm. every day, and how much he really thrived in that environment because he had just oh. hadn't had it before.
1: Interesting. So what else were you going to say?
0: I also signed up to be a dog
1: foster. Oh, you have been thinking about this.
0: Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, so we finally went through it. We finally did like the home inspection and bring me all the little old dogs.
1: Oh, I love this. Sylvie has been really asking she for about dogs and for a dog and if dad will get her a dog. And this morning we were looking at pictures of pugs. And oh my God. Yeah. And so we have a dog. You know, we have a dog. She lives with Adam's parents because we didn't have a yard. And then we let, like, we asked it and they wanted to take her. And now they take much better care of her than we ever did with three kids. And so she's living with them. So we can't get another dog. And I don't want one. But I was on a walk today, as I like to do, and I found a kitty friend. And it was beautiful and had a collar, and it was healthy. So I think it was just roaming and I pet it for like five minutes and then it followed me for a while (laughs) until it went off. I want, well, Adam's allergic, but I want one so bad. Well, I have a solution for you and it is a hairless cat. Yeah, I want one. I want one so bad. Adam loves them. It's just, it's a matter of when he's going to surprise me with my kitten stocking. Uh, Well,
0: one of my best friends is getting one. I think the cat comes in like two weeks. Her name is Lieutenant Loaf and they're going to call her Lou. I'm going to show you a picture. I I wish that I could show our listeners this photograph because it is terrifying. I am not a hairless cat person. No, I love that cat. I love it so much. It's so (laughs) cute. I want to hold it. Claudio also does. I know. Yeah, you know, it's a very specific thing. I just don't understand how to pet this animal. Like, you just (laughs) wiggle its flesh around. I just have a lot of questions. Not for me, but they are hypoallergenic, and (sighs) I will love her. In a way that only an auntie can. Yes.
1: You know what I heard about these cats? I've done some research and you want them to wear clothes, specifically like sweaters, because they get very cold, but also because they don't have fur. And you know, cats and dogs are like greasy. Well, humans are too. And they will stain Mm -hmm. your furniture. And they get
0: sunburned. So they have to also wear clothes in the summertime. (laughs) I'm talking to my friend and she's like, yeah, well, you know, she's to sleep on a heating pad and she's going to have these clothes on. She gets sunburned. I'm like, this is this is the exact kind of animal. Yeah. I do not that's need the thing. In my life. Like, mm-hmm.
1: It's true. It's why we don't have any pets actually, you know, right now because we don't, but you know, I had my kids about four or five years apart and Sylvie's coming up on five. And so I think I'm, you know, might be, maybe my body's like gearing up for that again or something. Yep. So maybe it'll be time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is the closest I've ever been since our dogs passed away to being like, all right, I'm going to, I need that presence Mm -hmm. around. And I feel like we're in a good position to sort of help because we do have the space and we have a yard and we're both working from home. So not that I don't want an animal full time, not that I don't want another dog, but this is not the time in our lives to do it with the way that we travel. It'd be really unfair. So this feels like a nice medium where we can help multiple animals and Have little toothless old dogs around. I love it. It's my dream. Oh,
1: you're living your dream.
0: I know. I know. I'm really excited.
1: I can't wait to see every picture. I think the bandwives account will just be every picture of every foster dog that you have in their little doggy wagons when their back feet don't work. Oh my gosh. A cart.
0: I'm going to get a stroller like Walter. Christmas Walter. yeah. Yeah. Full circle. We actually had a stroller before for our dogs for similar reasons. Atlas can push the stroller and it will be just adorable. Really nailing the weird nail into (laughs) our family (laughs) coffin. (laughs) Yes, that's what we want. So what is going on with you? Uh, Let's talk about your book release. It's been chaos over there. You've had so much going on.
1: Yes, it's been good. It's been a month. And it's so great. It's crazy, but it is the publishing process is crazy because I'm so I'm almost done with my next book and I am completely consumed like before we got in this call I was losing track of time I had to like set an alarm because I'll, I'm just editing it and taking notes and revising and so. It's funny. It's good though, because I love man-made constellations and I'm so grateful it's out. I listened to the whole book, (laughs) just like having fun, getting to hear another artist take on it, the voice artist. And um, yeah. And so now I don't really know what to expect, obviously with that, but it's so funny to be moving on to another project. I mean, you know, you know how this goes.
0: I know. It's weird. It's sort of bittersweet because it feels like the culmination of something. The anticipation, the buildup, it takes over your life. And then it's out and it's sort of, it's just out with a whisper, you know, and it's—and then you move on and life goes on. Yeah, it's weird.
1: Yeah. All the events were so fun and we got to hang out and I got to, and the reading in New York was, or in Connecticut was so fun and sold a lot of books, sold out actually. And so it was all great. I already could tell from the, from the get-go I was maybe excited to be at the end of it and and not because I don't love parties and because I do but with three kids and then having the book released when school was starting and Adam was still on tour was chaos
0: yeah it is a lot and it's a lot mentally it's a baby, you know, it's having a baby. And with three kids going back to school, it's like having a newborn that you're trying to tend to and make sure it gets your attention. But
1: yeah, the emotional aspects are, to me, and maybe I'm an individual in this, but the emotional aspects are underrated. They're not talked about enough, the amount of energy, and then just the vulnerability required and the shell that you have to kind of construct around yourself. And, as you know, as... And, and all the reviews, I don't have that many. All the industry reviews have been great. And so I'm really grateful for that tomorrow am Knocking on Wood. But you never know. And there's so much like anxiety for me, even though I think of myself, and I am a very confident gal, I still think the amount of vulnerability, I guess is the word, that it takes to be an, an, an artist in today's day and age, in any day and age, I know, because... They used to write those letters to each other and post them in the newspaper,
0: like <laughs> trashing someone else's novel. It would take six weeks for you to be pissed off about yeah.
1: yeah. So anyway, it's been good. It's been great. I'm I'm really excited about this next book, which is crazy, but I also really want to see Man Made Constellations get some film or television rights, as I know you understand those desires yeah. as well. And so
0: Absolutely yeah.
1: High time for that. It really is, yeah.
0: Speaking of books getting television rights. Have you seen the new Sandman?
1: It's so scary. It's scary, right? <laughs> it is scary. It's. I like it, I'm enjoying it a lot. We started it, but then the kids were still awake. And so then we were like, no, probably not. He like woke up naked in the pentacle. And then we're like, maybe we'll wait on this. <laughs> and then I, as you may or may not know about me, listeners, <laughs> when I watch TV, which isn't all the time, but when I do watch it, I want usually want it to be a rom-com. And as Adam points out, usually in a foreign language. Fair. Fair. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's what I, I like to like. It's like so easy and sexy. and
0: I mean, I so. don't know if that's easy, but sexy, yes. <laughs> it seems much more challenging. But you're a writer. Not you're want a want reader, watch it right? You want to read yeah. the... Yeah. I find the same thing. I need something easy and light. I just want something mindless so that's why Sandman was very out of the ordinary for me yeah. to begin right in yeah. a time like right now
1: I want to watch it it looks cool and I want to watch Lord of the Rings I watched the first episode because you know I just like many of us grew up reading the books and and loved it and the movies but I'll find the time
0: yeah yeah it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of good stuff out right now so much amazing content it's hard to know where to start
1: yeah I mean and this is an American show but I started <laughs> the partner track I don't know this. It is a novel that was turned into a show. She's just like a high profile New York City lawyer, but it's like half about that and half about her love life and this love triangle that's forming. So it's like light and fun, but also, you know, she's a badass. So
0: That's cute. Have you seen She-Hulk? Oh, no. Uh, Keaton, our son, said it's really good. It's really cute. It's really fun. My only issue with it is that when she is She-Hulk, the CGI looks so bad it looks so bad um i said to claudio i'm like i would rather see tatiana maslany on it like the top of two children under a trench coat with her face painted green than this cgi because it's so it's just so like it takes you out of the moment so much you know even the the sync to the to her talking is all i I don't know but i I am enjoying it a lot oh shoot new york comic-con happens the first week of october so i'm Mm -hmm. waiting to see how many she-hulks we'll see Oh, that's so exciting. I know. I wish you guys could come and bring the kids. It's so fun.
1: Someday we'll be there. My friend, a professor who I um, have a book event with still coming up, he was at WorldCon. What do you know about that? I don't know anything about that. I never heard of it. It's a
0: world's convention? He said he was at WorldCon. Is it a convention about the Earth worlds, like, or is it ass- is it a book convention? No,
1: I'm assuming it's a book convention or a comic convention. Oh, it's con. interesting. Well, someone will tell us about. it. I'll look it up. But he wrote, so he wrote Sci-Fi," so I, I'm assume, I, thought, I was assuming it was something along the lines of. Cons. It very
0: well could be. I <laughs> I'm like very out of the loop because we only really do the same like four shows mm-hmm. a year, if that. So there are so many I don't know about. Yeah. But that sounds fun. I love a convention weekend. It's exhausting, but it's so fun. You meet so many people
1: and socialize. It's great. I know. It sounds great. It sounds like right up our, our alley of fun things. It is. While I have you here, look at this. Oh, you did it. Oh, that looks so good. The cucumbers, the lemons. I know. So I talked to my mom
0: the other day. And she said to me, I've been drinking this detox water. You say detox. I'm in, right? That's all I needed. Okay. I needed that push. Okay, okay. It's cucumber lemon and
1: ginger oh that sounds amazing
0: and it's the rich i've been trying to get into the ritual
1: a little bit so that i don't shrivel up i know i want to try that i love all of those things it's actually delicious yeah and you just keep filling it up throughout the day or do you yeah it feels cool. cleansing well, I'm proud of you yeah, yeah you're yeah. feeling detoxed and i motivated. am
0: i am i dropped my entire coffee on the sidewalk this morning by nice. the way Mercury's in retrograde so it's to be yeah. expected But yeah, so I'm left with this sad water, but I'm drinking it and it's tasty. Feels like summer.
1: Yeah, the last dying gasp of summer. (laughs) Um, I wonder if I had anything else to tell you, but I do have a question if you want to hear
0: it. I do. I think I do. Is this a reader question?
1: This is a reader question from Instagram. Okay. Okay and if you listener have a question for us you can slide into our dms or leave it on our pinned post or email us or whatever yeah questions only no dick pics thank you <laughs> yeah i was gonna <gasps> make a joke like unless but then i'm like no we just really none at all none at all no. that's bad unless your name is richard because then you know that's true that's, that's true we don't want to make you feel bad about that. All right, this listener would love to hear more from you all about mental health and how you cope with stress or heartache or loneliness.
0: Uh so, yeah, I mean, I feel like we talk about this fairly often, probably at least once or twice a show. Kind of what what we do in general is sift through mm-hmm. mental health issues and I think this is it's a recurring question for everybody, right? It it goes back to what we talk about also often is finding balance in your life. Actually, Claudio and I were talking about raising our son, right? And our strategies as parents, punishment, consequences or rewards are one way, right, where we can get our kids to do things generally yeah. with the, with those methods. But that's not creating somebody who has volition over their choices and knows how to make a decision. It's very driven by like something immediate rather than satisfaction or being proud or it's the right choice, whatever it is. So I think as adults, some of us are better equipped to make those choices because we were given options. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you you have to do those things to learn you know what the last step you can take is or how to manage your emotions and how to manage your life. One thing I'm not great at is being able to just fall into a routine and stay in a routine and and that kind of thing. What I am pretty good at now in my old age is recognizing when I need to pull back a little bit and when I need to start to drink some water, when I need to, um, you know, take a break or take a day for myself or talk to someone, whatever it is. and being able to advocate for those those needs is really important. We're going to have your therapist on at some point, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: So, things like that, right? Where you you find you find a person, but it doesn't have to be that. It could be exercise, it could be solitude, finding something that makes you feel peaceful, finding your own equilibrium and making sure that you're staying somewhere within that range and if you recognize that you're not being able to self-regulate,
1: yeah, that's that was a great answer. I think that's so so true. It's hard for me because I feel like the three questions, stress, heartache and loneliness are all v- very different in my life. Maybe like that that when they have the circles and they kind of meet in one center, there might be one spot where they all meet in their Venn diagram, but but they're for the most part those are three very different emotions mm-hmm. for me, but I love a lo- what's essential i think is what you said taking the time you need recognizing your own needs and asking for them or offering them to yourself like therapy um um i'm not about to advocate smoking cuz i don't don't <laughs> like it but adam I, but adam you know smokes and so it's like that is a nerve it's for the nerves i don't really know how it all works or whatever and i'm not but i think that people do things to help regulate and whether they're healthy or not as healthy is your choice and you have to be aware of that. But um and I was joking kind of with my the person who does my acupuncture because we talked here of an acupuncture and I do it once a month. But I I was like, you know it's not very expensive. Mine isn't, at least here in Charlotte. And so I was kind of joking that Adam smokes and that's like the budget for that. And then I can go see the actress, <laughs> yes. you know, and that's the budget for that for regulating my nervous system. And and I do therapy um, every couple of weeks and I love her. So there is something to that. And I and even this week I was kind of gone a little crazy, a little stressed. And I thought, I wonder if I need a day off. I don't take days off. I pretty much have something to do every single day, whether it's even just having to read something yeah. or do a podcast or do promotion or do writing, certainly, or write for my newsletter because I do that on the weekends, you know, and so it's just fine and I, and I love it and it's not hard work to me, it's writing and reading and stuff, but it is work. And so I thought, what would it look like to like really take a day off and not do anything? Do I need that? Uh, so it's asking those and questions. And what would it look like? I don't know what's your ideal mental health day? Oh, definitely camping, and we do camp a lot, and I don't do anything. Obviously, I might read to go to bed, but uh, no internet out at the river, and so I need to do that soon. It's too hot in the summer here, you could go in the mountains, but it's still kind of hot, so that's probably my ideal day because the ideal day is not to like sit in front of the t v you know or or to travel, yeah. And actually, not bring my computer and <laughs> for the flight or what or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful. Let's talk about stress. Let's talk about stress first. I, I think it is helpful. So I think everybody has those things
0: that they turn to that make them just feel rejuvenated. For me, it's exercise, taking a walk, yeah. and, and generally exercise outside. Like it's not really the same for me at yeah. the gym. And I love being by the ocean, even if it's snowing. There's something really regenerative about that for me i think maybe it stems from my childhood and just sort of being able to escape and go watch the sunrise or the sunset yeah i really i really love that camping no that is not my type of restorative activity but i can see why it would be for i can see why it would be for you for sure um and going maybe like to take myself on a dinner date somewhere alone and bringing a yeah, book I love that too. and having a glass of wine something like that But I find not letting your attitude shift based on the attitude of everybody around you. So, for example, this morning, as we're dropping my son off, you know, the first day of school in New York City, there's a bike lane and there's like one street. And, of course, all the parents are double parked in the bike lane. And so the garbage truck can't get through. So the entire entry to the school is just blocks and blocks of traffic backed up honking and rage and people are getting out of their cars and you can just can feel the energy kind of rising and claudio is much more receptive to that and i was saying to him you know it's funny like we're both in this same situation and i'm just kind of like well well you're gonna be late texting his teacher and just telling her hey we're stuck behind this this garbage truck that sucks but i'll let you know when we get close whatever because you can't control it you can't change it He is not able to do that. We just have different brains and different ways of dealing with stress. And it's interesting to me because as we finally got him dropped off and started to drive away, I thought to myself, I'm starting my day still at 100. Like, I feel like, cool, that's done. I still feel excited and rejuvenated. And like, I have a whole day ahead of me. But for you, that was a stressful experience enough that you're already depleted. And it's 8.45 a.m. And I think finding out where you fall in that is important because maybe you're the person that lets things roll off and that type of thing isn't a big deal to you. And you're not empathic, I guess, is the word in in an untraditional sense. Yeah. So once you kind of know what your own ability to regulate is, you're a little better equipped. And I don't know that we are really taught as children to recognize that in ourselves, certainly not in our generation as much. So I try to talk about that with Atlas all the time. You know, everything is is feeling based. Recognizing how your body feels, and and adults should do that too. You know, are you starting to feel your blood pressure go up? Are your hands clenched? Is your jaw tight? Like, are are you feeling these physical things in yourself, and recognizing that from the stress and being able to kind of put it down, right? Breathing or drinking some water, taking a walk around the block, whatever it is you need to get back to square one. But also recognizing that some days you're not going to get back. Some days you're going to end the day completely depleted because you just gave up all the ability to regulate that you have. Go easy on yourself at the end.
1: Yeah. You know, the Buddhist podcast that I listen to, (laughs) The Way Out is in, talk about that a lot. The home inside yourself. So where you can find the calm regardless of the situation as best as possible. And it helps regulate, ideally, the world around you as well if possible, especially if you're playing it cool, then Addy can play it cool, you know, Mm -hmm. and just kind of learn. But I think it is everyone's so different and responses can be based on any number of factors. It's so hard. So I think just being aware. Yeah. Like you said, just like kind of learning to be aware and to stop in the moment and become the watcher of yourself and watch yourself for a little bit and be like, how am I feeling? How am I, how am I responding? Is it necessary to rise to fever pitch? Mm-hmm. But I think also as far as stress goes. So for, for me, a lot of my stress is the to-do to to do list generally having to get the kids, you know, get the kids up and ready for school, which Adam helps with most mornings when he's home. He does a lot of it because I teach some mornings, but getting my to-do list In front of me and then taking action as far as like the stress based on work things like so sending the email crossing things off my list because I found that we avoid a lot of what we have to do and waste time not doing what we need to do and then feel stressed about it (laughs) later and by we I mean I but also I think it's a general we it's that concept of inertia
0: until you start to move until you start to do the thing It feels completely insurmountable. Something as simple as a shower some days. You just like put it off and put it off and put it off and then you do it and you think, well, that was so easy. Why did I just keep putting it off? Now I'm going to do more things or to start something new is is hard.
1: It's hard and it goes back to what you said about just like putting some cucumber in your water (laughs) and start making those choices that, the choices that, are beneficial to your stress life, to your work, you know, to your own life that will take away some of the stress, even drinking water because you're like, well, I'm being healthy. I feel like taking a walk
0: or driving a car or anything else that is like a physical activity that lets your brain open up and have space Mm -hmm. is really important because that becomes, I think the to-do list and the, the, the like minutia of the day is so draining, is such a killer that. It's hard to feel creative. It's hard to feel motivated to do anything. It's like such small shit, but it really takes up so much brain space that your brain can't just relax. So anything that's a physical body thing that lets your brain just kind of go get on autopilot and open up, Yeah, I find that really also soothing.
1: Yeah. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. That I really had to hear you say that, autopilot. But our brain goes on autopilot with its stories and it tells us how stressed we are and it tells us how behind we are and it tells us how much we have to do and my brain was doing that this morning I was just like telling myself how I couldn't do something like oh you've never been able to do that well and I was like no that's not true and so you can kind of catch yourself you tell yourself how busy you are you tell yourself how late you are you tell yourself how you don't have any time and then you can just hear that voice and say wait it's not true. I don't need that stress, that extra pressure, that voice in my head reverberating how I'll never get this done because I will or how I'll never catch up because I don't
0: need to. Yeah, it's a reframe. Yeah. And that, you know, as optimists, I think isn't as hard for us as it certainly is for some people. It's learned, right? It's a learned response. So if your mind tends to immediately go to the negative or the stressful uh, or the worst case scenario. You really do have to kind of retrain your thoughts, but that's hard. It's a practice.
1: It is. Even just hearing the voice, even just saying, wait a minute, that voice telling me that I'm late or that, that it matters that I'm late, you know, and it might obviously can't be late for like really big, important meetings at work, but for the school and you're stuck behind a a dump truck and you're like, there's nothing we can do. It's okay. It's just school. It's like just third grade. And look, even if you are late for
0: the big, important meeting. That's just the way that it is, right? Instead of thinking about obsessing over this thing that you cannot change, it is happening and it is out of your control. How can you lessen the impact, I guess? Focus on the ways that you can change the outcome and kind of jump ahead a little bit and think, well, you know, here, here, and this goes back to what we were talking about with with jealousy, where you put yourself in the worst case scenario. Mm Mm-hmm and make peace with that, because that's just what's happening.
1: Right, and just be like, okay, well, yeah. Yeah, it's those dire predictions. It's like kind of those always and nevers too. Like I'm never on time. I'm always messy. I'm always falling behind. I'm all, you know, those kinds of things aren't true. They can't be true. No one's everything always all the time. And what
0: about loneliness? Do you find that you get lonely
1: often?
0: I mean, here's the thing that my, my gut reaction is it's hard to be lonely when you have children around.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I know it's not really our probably our advice isn't that helpful for
0: yeah. When I feel loneliness, it's loneliness for my partner, you know, for like yeah, my buddy, definitely. my bestie, you know. I, I miss the banter and the walking past each other in the hall and you know, falling asleep with somebody. But I I don't think that I felt real loneliness since not helpful, but since my son was born yeah, because there's just not mental space for it. I guess if I do feel lonely or I wanna, you know, do something an adult activity just being able to call somebody up and go out or have somebody come over and doesn't always have to be an extravagant thing just having a friend come for dinner or for coffee and sit on the couch mm-hmm. in your pajamas um but yeah loneliness is an interesting one
1: yeah i feel the same as you three kids and my mom stays with us and my sister is my best friend and lives down the road And so I don't necessarily have not experienced that in a while, though I definitely, definitely miss Adam in bed. We live on a busy street. Besides that, I just, you get married, you want to like sit next to your husband, you know? And so that's when I would feel that, that loneliness. But uh, good advice could be to foster elderly dogs. That's true. Or get a homeless cat.
0: That is very true. Or maybe volunteer somewhere. Oh yeah. There's so many people who are completely alone and could use the company. When I was in school, we volunteered weekly and went to this nursing home nearby, and we would just play games and do things uh, with the residents there. And I developed a lot of really close friends who I I remember vividly moments spent with them just to connect and be helpful.
1: Yeah, there's all kinds of organizations, like you said, in pets, people, children. Yeah, gardens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Spend some time with flowers and plants. Mm-hmm. That helps. Maybe no, our plants like are all- helping us not feel lonely,
1: too. Oh, they require a lot from us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely. But heartache. This one's harder. This one is tough. Yeah, this.
0: I mean, I feel like this one is. There's no easy answer. This could absolutely no. be its own episode for sure. You're, you know, you're going up a hill and you're thinking, okay, okay. And then something happens that you're just, you start over, you're completely gutted all over again. And so I think that's, that's part of being alive. It's being able to pull yourself back from the ledge in those moments where you, it just feels hopeless and, and let yourself just really get down into it and be sad and cry and, Whatever the loss or the heartache or the grief is, death, it could be a you know, breakup, it could be anything, a friendship that's no longer, it's allowing yourself to deal with whatever your emotions are that are attached to that thing. I don't know. It's, it's a process. Yeah. I don't know that there was any advice in that. Just
1: <laughs> no, it was good. It is a process. And even you talking about climbing the mountain, I know we've talked about this sometimes, but it's almost like you're circling the mountain. So you keep coming back. You're going to keep coming back to those same pains. But the impermanence of it all can be in some ways a motivating reminder to like live every day to its fullest. Tell people you love that you love them. Heartache is hard. It's funny because, it's not funny, but I wasn't even really thinking of death. I guess I was thinking of relationships, or, you know, the kind of the heartache and loneliness. But obviously death is, I guess, the ultimate, the ultimate one. And And I think that crying and being sad is probably... The best advice <laughs> that there is, because we're not, also, also I wasn't raised, told, you know, too, told to do that or to feel sad. It wasn't really a part of our, like, emotional repertoire. And so I've learned to kind of cry when I'm sad. I'm not great at it. I'd also, you know, the same with, like, the hugging thing was the crying thing. It wasn't part of what we did growing up. But I think the maybe you know, one of the saddest things I've gone through is the miscarriages and especially one at a, right about 12 weeks. And that was a lot of like laying in bed and just because it's kind of such an unexpected thing when you when you have your first, especially I weirdly and I don't I don't like when people like say that you have to learn something from everything or that. It was a blessing in disguise. I really don't like that. But I look back on that time spent in bed and just going through that. Adam was gone on tour. He was on the West Coast. Yeah. Looking back at that time, it's shrouded in comfort. Like the comfort was there around me somewhere. I was just alone in our room. Someone had Keaton. I don't know, my mom or my sister. I don't remember. And so there is that, you know, looking back and thinking about comforting yourself or comforting yourself with a blanket or comforting yourself with your own tears and just letting yourself be sad and and moving through it without rushing so I don't really know and then other heartaches like if it's a breakup you know things like that we've all been through I always thought like okay I'm gonna be sad but then I'm gonna take care of myself Mm -hmm. that's what you have to do it's like take care of yourself become the person you just keep your sight on the person you want to be keep heading in that direction
0: yeah, it's really all that you can do. I would say also like not compare your grief to others or your sadness or your heartache because it's your experience. I've had friends whose dogs pass. They always feel this need to,
1: yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's just a dog. I'm devastated, but and I know it's just a dog. No, it's not just a dog. It's not just this yeah. thing that happened to you. That's happened to other people or it's not having to diminish the way that you feel no matter what the thing is. And if you have people around you who make you feel that way, find somebody else who lets you talk. Find a friend who, you know, if you need to talk. And also, if you don't need to talk and you want to be alone and you need that space, that's great, too. But don't let other people make you feel like your sadness isn't as big as other people's or isn't as big as theirs or something they've been through. It's completely irrelevant to your experience.
1: Who are we to say? Writers, I guess. So writers do say a lot about this. (laughs) But you said something before that is a theme in the novel that I'm about to send in, where she's a woman in the depression, right? So she's young, she has a young child, and she's never been taught at all how to make decisions for herself, for the most part, life decisions, where what direction her life is going to go, and she got married young and had a baby. And so she's kind of having to face that and learn it. And I relate to that, even though my situation has no, (laughs) no, no you know, depression era, Catholic, you know, uh, woman back then, it still is a thing you have to learn, like thinking about as far as the stress and the loneliness and the heartache. And it's thinking in the present, you know, for not only your present self, but for your future self. And what, you know, what do you need? What direction do you want to head in? And do you want to live a life, you know, stressed and potentially with the loneliness and heartache, obviously we want to sit in our pain we don't have to swim through it and rush through it really fast but there is a process that we can go through I, I believe my therapist believes <laughs> so we're not stuck in the pain or using it as a crutch yes. or using it to become a victim which I've done I'll admit and I'm sure we all have you know or to become the good guy versus the bad guy or and I think that um being careful with that and being aware of what how we're using those past pains and heartaches and stories and sometimes they can provide us with empathy and character and experience and contrast between joy and pain but I know that other times they can we can get stuck. Got I love that just always kind of checking in and making sure that you're
0: doing your best to keep looking forward even if you're not moving yeah, yeah. yet you're setting your sights.
1: Yeah and it's interesting as a writer to see your character's choose otherwise or not, you know, or to revert or to, because you know what you're setting them up to do for more pain. And so whether that's real life or not, I, you know, real life is not a novel, but truth is stranger than fiction and fiction tells truth, (laughs) tells the truth. And so I don't know, there's something to, to seeing your characters kind of get caught in those stories or choose safety over vulnerability because of the pain they've had in the past, all these kinds of things, you know, that um, characters and stories do to create conflict, <laughs> which many of us yeah. do in our real lives too.
0: That's the thing too. Writing for you and for I, you for you and for I, for us.
1: <laughs> for
0: <laughs> my we, my brain is broken. <laughs> it's all this water. I'm overhydrated it's now. Saturated. My brain is like, ah. Um, but yeah, I do. I for for us, I feel that writing is an integral process of processing those emotions yeah. cool. to put you in scenarios that you can test out um, and push your limits on or sort of learn more, more about. And for me, that's what writing has always been is testing out the options and the outcomes in any of these scenarios, whether it's heartache or stress or loneliness, if you can find something that is a healthy, beautiful way to kind of process whatever it is you're going through. And I would recommend writing for anybody, even if you don't think you're a writer, you're a writer. Just put words down. You don't ever have to show anybody. You can throw it away. But the process of playing things out sometimes or just creating is really valuable to mental
1: health. Totally. I'm glad we circled around to this. I had a student write a paper on um, art therapy. And so I read a lot of information. It was a research paper. And so I read a lot of information on it. And it's so beneficial. I mean, all the research is crazy beneficial. And so I definitely agree with that. And what I tell my students too is that unlike other mediums like painting or music, they've been using words their whole life. They know how to speak and they definitely have been writing since kindergarten. So it's a skill they already have. Yes. It's a life changer. It really is. And if you do have the skill of music or you want to practice just sketching or whatever, I can see, I see through all of our friends and our husbands that filtering your emotions through music is really healthy and helpful and beneficial for you and for people listening.
0: Yes. Get your pens out, go to the library, take a walk, drink some water. And I feel like we could keep talking about this, but I have to go get my child. Okay.
1: Well, I hope you had a great first day of school.
0: So excited to hear about what happened to the bread
1: really did he barter it (laughs) (laughs) was it gambling at recess i'm really curious
0: yeah there there's a whole casino ring down at the (laughs) playground this
1: park slope so (laughs) bread is really like (laughs) this is regular not gluten-free right (laughs) oh the good stuff okay well we did good i think we'll see i don't know what happened. just talking things through is I yeah, liked that always. question. I don't know. Any if we had any guests on or any other people would answer it so differently. So I'm curious to see how people yeah. will will take the question themselves.
0: Maybe we'll have an episode where we just ask the question to other people.
1: Yeah. Just tell us how to process all of our stress, loneliness, and heartache. <laughs> oh my therapist. We'll save that one for her. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Keep submitting your questions and we are going to
0: see you in one week or hear you or hear from you on the internet. you'll hear
1: from us for sure.